and welcome to Dispel Magic, the podcast where we overthink how the magic of D&D might shape your campaign in surprising and unexpected ways. I'm Benjamin, game designer and writer. You can find me on Twitter at Sterling Vermin or the internet at large at sterlingvermin.com. And my name is Dane. I'm a dungeon master, podcaster, and voice actor. And help, I'm in danger everywhere online at Dane in Danger. I got to tell you, Dane, today I, I'm just not feeling like myself. Oh, no? What's what's the matter? Just different, you know? Has something changed in your life? Morphed, oh. maybe. Well, one thing's for sure, if I take too much hit point damage, I'll just revert back to my normal form, because we're talking about Polymorph. Polymorph! Love this spell. Love this spell. So it's magic. A, it's a classic. It's classic just... Classic magic. I want to turn a thing into another thing. I want to turn a, a, a living thing into another living thing. So much fun. I am a big fan of Final Fantasy games and a mainstay of Final Fantasy games is a spell called Frog that just turns your enemies into frogs. And Polymorph is a bit like that, although it has a lot more utility. But that's always what I think of doing when I think of the spell Polymorph. For sure. Uh, I mean, Ratchet and Clank on the PlayStation had a chicken gun. You could turn people into chickens. Turning turning things into animals has always been fun in time of memoriam. Uh, yeah, a lot of cave, a lot of cave illustrations of um, early peoples wishing to transform. There's the handprint, and then next to that, there's uh, somebody with a magic wand. The fantasy of this spell was the first thing to come to man's mind at the dawn of civilization. That's how important this spell is. Uh, let's get into the details of the spell. Polymorph is a fourth level transmutation spell available to bards, druids, sorcerers, and wizards. It takes one action to cast, has a range of 60 feet, and a duration of concentration up to one hour. The spell text says, This spell transforms a creature that you can see within range into a new form. An unwilling creature must make a wisdom saving throw to avoid the effect. The spell has no effect on a shape changer or a creature with zero hit points. The transformation lasts for the duration, or until the target drops to zero hit points or dies. The new form can be any beast whose challenge rating is equal to or less than the target's, or the target's level if it doesn't have a challenge rating. The target's game statistics, including mental ability scores, are replaced by the statistics of the chosen beast. It retains its alignment and personality. The target assumes the hit points of its new form. When it reverts to its normal form, the creature returns to the number of hit points it had before it was transformed. If it reverts as a result of dropping to zero hit points, any excess damage carries over to its normal form. As long as the excess damage doesn't reduce the creature's normal form to zero hit points, it isn't knocked unconscious. The creature is limited to the actions it can perform by the nature of its new form. And it can't speak, cast spells, or take any other actions that require hands or speech. The target's gear melds into the new form. The creature can't activate, use, wield, or otherwise benefit from any of its equipment. A lot of caveats. Yeah, yeah, no, there is. Actually, when you were reading it, I thought that it's funny that it says that 
you can't do anything that requires hands as if there were no animals that had hands. No animals have hands. Um, Wizard of the Coast knows this for a fact. If an animal looks like it has hands, those are actually hooves. That's a truth. Ape hooves. Ape hooves. Have you ever had a pickled ape hoof? They're pretty good. I refuse to acknowledge that question. (laughs) And I'm going to move straight into expected uses. Benjamin, you wanted more banter, buddy. This is this is what you get in terms of banter. That's, yeah, this is a whole this is a monkey paw situation. Monkey's hoof, please. Yeah. Monkey's hoof. One finger just curled. One finger of the hoof just curled. The expected uses of this, I think pretty much there's two. Turn <laughs> a particularly nasty bad guy into something harmless. Like I talked about Final Fantasy up front. So turn this big bad monster you're fighting into a frog and just not deal with him for like an hour or, you know, throw him into a fire or whatever else you want to do. And then the other one is to transform yourself or a companion into an animal. And that would be either like a really ferocious animal if you plan to use your new form to fight or for like a utility purpose, like turning somebody into a hawk so they can fly, turning somebody into a fish so they can swim underwater Turning somebody into a fly so they can inconspicuously spy on a situation. Definitely turned people into giant apes so they can move boulders or wield two flaming swords at the same time. I wonder if you need to be an ape to wield two flaming swords at the same time or if it's possible to do that as a human. If they're uh, flaming swords of fire giants, then it's, it's much more helpful to use the ape form to do that. I've found. I will have to... Take it at your word. One thing I also noticed when you read through the spell that I didn't think about when I was preparing for this episode is that it doesn't affect shape changers. So you can actually use this spell uh, to root out lycanthropes in your community. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. If there's a werewolf going around killing people in a village and you know the spell, you can just have everybody kind of willingly accept you casting polymorph on them until one person it doesn't work on. And then there's your lycanthrope. Kind of like the scene from The Thing where they're all lined up and they've got the little Petri dishes of uh, blood and they're using the hot poker on the blood to see if it spasms. You know what I'm talking about? I actually have never seen that movie and I would like to correct that, but... It would tie so well into polymorph. (laughs) When it comes to other unexpected outcomes, the first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, ability to spy on other creatures, I think is, is something that would be a, a big use for this spell by like the general public. You, as, a, as, like, as criminals, you could use this to case nobles' houses very easily. City guards could be using it to infiltrate thieves' guilds. It's, merchants can be using it to spy on other merchants to, to see what deals they're striking or how they're acquiring you know, certain goods. Find out the deal, undercut the deal. Right. Yeah. Figure out what they're offering so you can offer better terms and look like you're doing it out of generosity or being a good business partner. So there's lots of forms you can imagine that would be useful for spying. Um, I mean, if they're not expecting animals, really any animals, but I think that between this spell and the spell speak with animals, people in densely populated areas are actually going to be pretty cognizant of what animals are around them when they talk. Right? Because anybody... Right. No familiars allowed. 
Right. Well, because anybody could be either a poly that that dog could be either a polymorphed person you know, or might be a uh, like a witness to whatever it is you're about to say or do that could be communicated with via speak with animals. So I think in general, people are going to be much more cautious. But there's there's things you could do like there's no stats for a for a housefly should be considered a beast and you could turn it. So I think you can turn into one with polymorph and there's no possible way that people are going to just not be able to talk even around bugs that are like almost impossible to see. Uh, You bring up also a uh, really fun idea about like a animal rights group, like a PETA type of organization where, you know, in this world, Animals would be so much more integrated into everyday life. So you could see an organization like this really vying for animal rights. And if people aren't respecting that, then maybe they're polymorphing random folks to try and get them to walk a mile in their monkey hooves. Hooves, yeah. No, yeah, I I specifically thought of PETA because um, PETA is an organization, I think, very well known for making whatever point it's trying to make in the way that's going to turn off the most possible people to hearing the message. And so involuntarily that, that, changing people into animals. Yeah. that Right. Would, yeah. That yeah, would, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Instead of like making any kind of salient argument, just like being dramatic and awful seemed, seemed right. Seemed, seemed in that vein. So animals are people too. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to be pretty high level for this spell, I guess you've got to be like what, Seventh level, I think. Damn. It's a fourth, fourth level spell. You've got to be seventh level to cast a spell, so it's probably maybe less likely to be like an organization and more likely to be like one extremely misguided druid running around doing this. Pretty funny idea. And actually, maybe a, maybe an adventure yeah. concept, like a very short one-session adventure concept is like there's this druid that's running around polymorphing people it's not really like hurting anybody, but it's pretty obnoxious and it's definitely like he needs to stop. So I can see a, a mystery stop. element too. You don't even know it's a guy, just people in the town are turning into animals randomly. So you're investigating what's going on there and finding out his whole deal. There's another thing um, that uh, we started to get into with the awaken episode. A long time ago. It feels like what a can of worms that is. Yeah. Yeah. But to refresh the listener's memory in that episode, I pitched the idea that you could polymorph uh, someone into an, a beast using, well, using polymorph. And then while they were polymorphed, cast awaken on them so that you can increase their intelligence and also teach them a new language. And actually, it doesn't even require you to be targeting a person with this. Polymorph can target any creature. So you could do this with anything, like an aberration, an imp, like anything you wanted to be smarter and to know a language, you could use this with. I think Awaken even yeah, even has a charmed component to it. So the thing is going to like you for 30 days as well. Now, I think an argument could be made, and I think an argument was made when we did Awaken that Maybe when the polymorph spell ends, the effect of awaken ends too, but that's not cut and dry. That it's all up to the DM. These interactions are gray area. They're very nebulous. There's no real way to know for sure how these things are meant to interact. So I say go with what's fun 
for the a fun way for them to interact, and and I think that's pretty fun. Rule of cool, baby. Because Awaken is such an expensive spell to cast, I imagine that the majority of use cases for this are nobles who like just had their first, like in a patriarchal society, have just had their first son and want to get him up to speed on family business, and he's like a day old, and they turn him into a dog and cast Awaken on him so that he's instantly intelligence 10 and knows a language. So like from day one of being born, uh, you're working for your family already. That's grim. Sounds pretty dystopian. That reminds me of those weird commercials of babies reading. Oh yeah. Have you seen these? Oh man. Creeps me the heck out. That was very, um, Jerry Seinfeld. (laughs) Have you seen these? You, no, I guess not. I guess not Jerry Seinfeld. More like a talk show host, J, uh, Jay Leno. Jay, Jay Leno, Leno. That's who it is. You hear about Have these, you seen these, talk, uh, these reading babies? You hear about these babies with the commercials? These commercials <laughs> with the babies that books. can read. They polymorph the baby, <laughs> and then they cast awaken. That's apologies to everyone for my Jay Leno. I, that's, that was pretty good, uh, actually. I'm, I'm oh, well. kind of impressed. Right. Did you just polymorph into Jay Leno? <laughs> I did. I, I know a custom. I know a custom version of the spell that just lets me polymorph into um, like two celebrities. And, for, a, uh, for a second, uh, Benjamin was just completely decked out in denim, just head to toe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with a classic car behind me. With a classic car. When the land is besieged by evil corporations. Animals are only here for us to control. For profit. Only one group of teenagers can make a change. For the better. You'll never get away with this, Zoomaster. Curses, it's those interminable teenagers. The mighty Polymorphin Power Rangers. Your mistreatment of animals is at an end. You're too late, fools. My latest shipment of goods left 15 minutes ago. You'll never stop. Capitalism? (laughs) You know what that means, gang. It's It's morphin' morphin' time. time. Mastodon. Pterodactyl. Tyrannosaurus. Uh, a bear, I guess. Watch these teenage rangers put a stop to the evil Zoomaster and show you that animals are people, too. Every Sunday in a town square near you. It's morphin' time. time! Paid for by Pepoa, people for the ethical polymorphing of animals. That, um... Dark... Trip down memory dark. lane. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Dark turn that black mirror. <laughs> twisted trip down memory lane. Uh, got me thinking about other kinds of combinations of uh, polymorph and other spells. So I'm going to quickly shoot through a few of these. If you cast uh, polymorph, if you're, if you're running up against an enemy that's known to use things like charm person, hold person, or dominate person, things that only affect humanoids, you can polymorph your companions to make them immune to that. So kind of dodge uh, the big bad evil guy's preferred spells. I guess. Kind of got a Nystal's magic aura feel to that one. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're talking about dodging specific spells like that, for sure. 
Then you've got polymorph in conjunction with speak with animals means that you don't have to share a language with anybody. You can just, if I meet somebody and I don't know, and we don't share a language together, I can just polymorph them into a cow and then cast speak with animals. And now we can have whatever conversation I wanted us to have when we were both people. And I really like the idea of two animals being able to talk to each other. So if you could turn into a cow too, you can have a little secret com- a little secret cow conversation. If cows share a language. I know a lot of what we talk about is up to the DM kind of like interpretation of things, but it might be a little generous to imagine that cows are having complex conversations. Conversations? Yeah. Let's move on from this topic okay. and get into... <laughs> I suppose we should hoof it. Yeah, I, you're right. I barely, I barely committed to that, too. That's the worst part is how little I committed to that. So, Well, you really horned in of... on it. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. Uh, a lot of charm effects are balanced by the fact that they either last a very short amount of time, require your concentration, or... Afterwards, the person knows about it or, or all of those things. But with polymorph, you can turn someone into a beast. Then you can cast animal friendship on them, which is a very, very, very good charm spell. When you cast animal friendship on them, and if they fail the saving throw, they're charmed for 24 hours with no concentration. And afterwards, they don't know they were charmed by you. That's a great one. Now, they probably know you polymorph them, which so, you know. They're, they're, you, they know you're up to something. That might irritate them still, but yeah. But 24 hours of charm. This is how you can get elves to sleep. You finally get them to, to sleep or do whatever you want them to do charmed-wise. Well, I don't, I, don't think, I don't know if elves are physiologically capable of sleep. Like, I, I suspect that's part of... I don't really know. When they are a cow? Well, yes. There you go. When they are a cow. And maybe some elves get like kind of addicted to polymorphing into animals to experience sleep and dreams, you know? Oh, they Actually, can finally that, dream. That would be. Wow. That would be. Yeah. There's like a polymorph parlor where people go who can't mm. sleep. We're going to talk more about kind of recreational polymorphing later. So let's okay. put a pin in that and come back to it. But the last couple of things, polymorph plus animal messenger. Animal messenger lets you command a tiny animal to go to a person or a location and give a message as long as they can get there within 24 hours. So if you're a bounty hunter and you find your mark, you can just polymorph them into a hawk and say, and then cast animal messenger to make them go back to the local sheriff and turn themselves in. Doing, doing your half of your work for you. Yeah. Easy peasy. And then, yeah, right. And then the last one is, Polymorph plus Dominate Beast. So Dominate Beast is an is an incredible spell that lets you dictate every action that creature takes. Now, normally it's limited to beasts. I, I mean, it's explicitly list, limited to beasts. Except that if you polymorph someone, cast Dominate Beast, the spell has taken hold, and then drop Polymorph, they'll go back to their normal form. And I don't know. I mean, does that break the effect of Dominate Beast or not? I, I kind mm-hmm. of feel like it might not and in the case that it doesn't it lets you you could do some really cool things like if you can imagine changing polymorphing a dragon into an animal and then casting dominate beast and dropping it now for like an hour or however long dominate beast lasts actually i think Mm -hmm. it's only like 10 minutes 
you've got full control of them, which it's wild. Being able to control a dragon for that long would be pretty sweet, whether it's a minute or longer. You get a lot done if you're efficient. Um, but I, I do already hear, I can hear in the in the wings, this is like Awaken. It'll probably break. Have some fun with it, everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it doesn't work, the worst thing that happens is that your game is less interesting for it. <coughs> and that's on you. And that's really and on that you, is isn't on it? you, dear listener. <laughs> An interesting, weird angle to consider from uh, Polymorph is what happens when you cast it on a creature that is pregnant. Can I just say that reading this part pre-show really mm. weirded me out? And well, I come up with some pretty weird ideas, but Benjamin, this one. I just want to say that even in the notes, I limit it to turning animals into other kinds of animals. There is, there is a, there are weirder places to go with this conversation, and we won't. <laughs> we are willingly so, and consciously yes. not doing that. We're we're delve yeah we're dipping our toes in this water. We're not diving. Uh, we're turning headlong. pigs into cows, and that's yes. it. So yeah, exactly. So you're out of cows. Your town has zero cows but they really want cows. Oh man, we need so, cows so bad. If you polymorph a pregnant pig into a cow, like at the time it's starting to give birth or about to give birth, will it, are the are the things it gives birth to are they going to be piglets or are they going to be calves? Age old question. It would be very weird to see calves or to see piglets coming out of a cow. It's true. But none can dispute. <laughs> but also then if it is turned into a cow and it gives birth to calves, are the calves permanently calves or are they also just under the effect of the duration of the polymorph spell? They're not the target creature, which makes me think they're not under its duration, but I, I don't know. How does magic if, work? Yeah, magic. How does that work? If you are willing to go along with this idea that if you transform a pregnant creature into another type of beast, uh, and it gives birth, um, and th that those things are the things it's polymorphed into, and, and they stay that way. Then you've got a really good segue into having your very own Jurassic Park in your D&D &D campaign setting, because... Wait, finally, we've come to the yeah. thesis statement of this entire podcast, the secret mission that we've been on this entire time, how to make... Jurassic Park in Dungeons and Dragons. And yeah, we finally got there. It was a meandering uh, road, but we have finally uh, come home. We spared and so no this expense. will be uh, the last episode now that we've accomplished our goal. Um, our secret mission. Yeah. So. Life finds a way and Dispel Magic does as well. I couldn't <laughs> have put it better myself, Dane. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're going into how all of these spells kind of interact with each other, but they they get particularly potent when they kind of start piling on top of each other, right? Yeah. We, it, back in the day, I used to really shy away from wanting to talk about spells interacting with one another. Do you mean season one? Uh, sure. I think probably I was even hanging on to that in season two a bit, but yeah. Um, 
Now well, he fully, yeah, embraced fully, because... fully embraced it because embraced that the the combination of polymorph, speak with animals, and awaken in in a society are going to start to really blur the lines between humanoid and beast. Like they're all either people or pretty much people on their point. way to being people. Yeah. Well, I mean, with speak with animals, like how do you have a conversation with an animal and not walk away thinking it's a person? And then awaken is literally like they can, they're as intelligent as the average person and can speak. So, and then you've got polymorph where people can become animals for a little while. It's all going to lead to a way of humans or a way of humanoids and beasts relating to each other that I think is beyond what we could even kind of guess at because altered carbon. Uh, We're getting super sci-fi. We're getting eclipse phase where bodies are interchangeable. So, so in this world, I think where the lines between who people are or, or who counts as a person that then I think the kind of apex of that, and we'll probably do it, give it its own episode later on is true polymorph where you could turn uh, a beast into a humanoid permanently or a humanoid into a beast permanently. And, and so those kind of categories get very muddled, confused. Mu- they're yeah, all muddled. Uh, I w- they're all so. streaming into each other. Yeah. When, when, when it's, when it starts to get complicated, figuring out whether the humanoid you're talking to is actually a beast or is just a humanoid that sometimes likes to be a beast or. Oh no, I was formerly an octopus. Now I'm a merchant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Exactly. Or, no, I was never a person. I was just an awakened uh, crow, and and this is my preferred, you know, form. Form, yeah. Yeah. Would you like any of these shiny chains? You are right that it it does get, like, very sci-fi, because it is, like, Mm -hmm. just how do you want to, like, what do you, what's the body you want to exist in? And then you can do that. Love it. We got Matrix going. The final thing I want to touch on today... Um, is a problem that we've solved many times over on the show. A problem everyone's thinking about solving when they're playing D&D. Constantly. Shipping. How? And not, not putting two characters that you, uh, beloved characters together and making them have a relationship. No, we're talking about import, export. The sexy kind of shipping. We're talking about the actual the good the movement of goods from one location to a second. Move over, Tensor's floating train, because Polymorph's about to blow you out of the mountains where you'd Thank be you. training. Not overstated. When you polymorph a creature, all of its equipment melds into it. That spell does not specify that the creature can't be overburdened, and it also doesn't really clarify what it means by equipment. So... Dane. Yes, Benjamin. If I loaded you up with all this stuff that you were carrying, so much stuff that you can't move, but you can kind of right. just sit there while it all rests on you, then I could cast Polymorph to turn you into uh, a hawk. Hmm. And you can spend the hour that you're polymorphed flying as far as you possibly can. I don't know how fast hawks fly, but I'm guessing it's pretty effing fast. And then... African swallows go pretty fast, I've heard. At the end of the hour, yeah, whatever whatever bird moves fastest. 
at the end of the hour, you untransform and all of that stuff is now at your new location. So um, Benjamin, it, uh, just uh, walk with me on this mind picture for a second. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. build a warehouse. Okay. And this this is a very particular warehouse because this warehouse is untethered. It's a unattached warehouse. Uh, it, it, it is too heavy to move, but technically is its own thing. Now you staple on two backpack straps to the wall of this warehouse and somebody puts their arms into those backpack straps. Yeah. That person's wearing that warehouse. Now turn me in. Now turn me into a cheetah cause I'm running baby. Yeah. I mean, that's how this works. I so one idea I had is that you could use this to go into a magic item shop, snag everything you want, even stuff that's like way too heavy for you to carry, then polymorph to fly out of there. But you just brought up the idea that instead you could just like staple rope to the outside of this shop and then put it around your shoulders and then, and then wear polymorph the shop. and you just have the entire shop with you when you fly away. I, I feel like that's probably though... too dumb to actually have work <laughs> in a game, but I would applaud any DM that would allow it at least once. I, I do think that the, the crucial detail is that it needs to be unattached so that you are, you are wearing it rather than it's wearing you or <laughs> if it's attached to the ground and you can't even move it. Are you really wearing it? Hmm. I feel like that just requires a little bit more creativity than just a little bit that thing. Just loosen it up. Maybe turn turn into a mole, dig all around the underside of the foundation. Then you come up and do this. Yeah. Easy. So easy. And you don't even need that much like clearance. You just need enough for it to not be attached to the ground anymore. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's a that's a bank heist waiting to happen. That is a bank heist waiting to happen. I actually love the idea because like you're not going to get that far like any major city, any city major enough to have a magic item shop. You're not going to get that far out of it in an hour no matter what form you're in. So just like later that day they just like there's just people running out of the city like looking in the fields nearby for wherever this magic item shop has reappeared to try to arrest you. But by that time, you've already ransacked it yourself. Yeah, I mean, probably at this intricate level of a plan, you've also got some like teleportation circle you went to or something else that happened before. Demi plane, you cast that real quick. You throw it into a wooden or stone room. Mm-hmm. But only those two. I love that and spell that's so much. All I have to say about polymorph. I mean, it really changes the game, doesn't it? Well, if you have any other ideas of how Polymorph can affect your setting, please let us know on Twitter, or you can email us at DispelMagicPodcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again after your next long rest. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Dispel Magic. If this has inspired any ideas for your game, or you have another take on today's topic, please let us know on Twitter, at DispelMagicPod. You can find Benjamin, at Sterling Vermin, and Dane, at Dane in Danger. Thank you to Slim Mittens for our cover art, 
produced by Benjamin Huffman, produced and edited by Dean Fox McGraw. Thank you.